Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Baby girl Betty White is sitting with us and we're back for episode 103 of the Arner Adventures podcast. (laughs) Can you tell that I write the intro? I thought it would be really funny for you to say baby girl Betty White. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are in the first week of December, if you can believe that. We hope that you all are content because there's nothing wrong with not being exuberantly happy in the holidays. Content is underrated. So we hope that you all are content, especially in the holiday season. We know how difficult the season can be this time of year. So we just want to remind you to be gentle with yourself. I'm, I'm all behind that. I think content is a lot easier to manage than than over the top uh, jubilant. I agree. Yeah, it's a little I more, agree. not as many peaks and valleys. That's right. As, yeah. I, mm-hmm. as I tell some people in my life, the holidays are not always Norman Rockwell. It's not a, uh, I don't know, a ice capade. <laughs> not at all. You know? Sometimes they can be Norman Rockwell, but other times Norman fell. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> say no to the things you don't want to do. Uh, you know, keep your boundaries and practice a little bit of self-care. That's it's, it's, right. Uh, yeah, and you'll be content. That's right. You'll be on your way to contentment if you can do all those things. Sure, that's mm-hmm. right. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself first in the holidays if you are, uh, you know, navigating your way through in a challenging time. So yeah. we just wanted mm-hmm. to remind you that. Our guests, guests, because there's two of them today, uh-huh. is a couple who, similar to us, sold everything for a change of life. They are speaking of navigation. Yeah. They're navigating their own path. Steve and Joni Wynn were living a Hollywood lifestyle and they changed their course toward Hawaii to be coffee farmers. Coffee farmers. Now that sounds like contentment. That it sure does. Mm-hmm. Should we just go ahead and get to the episode? Let's get to it. Well, let's introduce today's guest. Meet Steve and Joni Wynn, a remarkable couple whose story unfolds like a Hollywood script. With over two decades in the glamorous world of entertainment and Emmy award-winning production company under their belts, they decided to pen a new chapter in their lives. Leaving behind the glitz and glamour of showbiz, they embarked on a journey that led them to the lush coffee fields of Hawaii's Big Island. From the red carpets to green coffee beans, Steve and Joni have redefined their narrative, transitioning from producing captivating stories to cultivating a taste of paradise with their Kona Earth coffee farm. Their adventure, reinvention, and the pursuit of a dream deeply rooted in sustainability is why we wanted them on the podcast. Joni, Steve, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, we're pleased to be here. So we like to paint a picture uh, for those who are tuning in. If you can tell everybody 
where exactly you're coming to us from. We are coming to you from a small town called Halualoa on Hawaii's Big Island. Uh, and our farm is uh, in the heart of what they call the Kona Coffee Belt. And it's sort of a perfect Goldilocks zone for growing coffee with perfect uh, temperatures and ample rainfall and volcanic soil. Uh, and the coffee trees are very happy in this zone. And so are we. It's, it's paradise. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I can't even imagine. You know, we uh, we have similar similar situations, not exactly, but and we're going to get into your journey. But we we sold everything and then moved to the coast. So we we do like to say that we live where people want a vacation, which is really great. But um, Hawaii is a, a different story. That's a really great place to be. So that's exciting, and we can't wait to talk about how you got there. So I will start with, and I love. I love this part when so many of our guests have this transition to a new lifestyle and sometimes there's one single pivotal moment that happens that makes them want to change. Or sometimes it's like, okay, there was like this trajectory and, and then we made the change. So I would love to hear how this transition changed from having this longstanding career in the production business and then becoming coffee farmers like how did that work out well it was uh it wasn't just overnight although it was kind of overnight uh it was building up and uh, we had been in production um for over 30 years and um you know before we even got together i was uh, doing all different kinds of television shows and joni was doing marketing for feature films and then our business we came together, created our business and just did so many different things and kind of did everything twice and ads and et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, okay, you know, we've done that and it's been great, an amazing career, but what else is out there? You know, when it comes to the end of our life, you know, we want to look back and want to see, you know, well, we did this, we did it very well, but it might be cool to pivot hard and do something completely crazy and out there. And so, you know, we started looking and really within, I don't know, a few days, um, I was interested in having a certain amount of land and to do something with, I didn't know what, uh, we didn't know what we would be doing for income. And, um, so I started looking at the, uh, big Island of Hawaii and saw lots of land. It's like, okay, there's one check. And then I noticed they were all doing coffee farming and it's like, oh, well, that's an interesting thing. So during dinner, we sat down and over a glass of wine, uh, I uh, laid it out on the table and said, what if we sell everything we own, push it all in and become coffee farmers? And uh, the first reaction was as expected, a little giggle. And uh, yeah, what do we know about coffee farming? And it's like, well, absolutely nothing, right. you know, but we can learn. And I, I'm serious. What, what if we become coffee farmers? And then, you know, after that glass of wine went down and uh, she uh, kind of saw the, the earnest look in my eye, uh, she decided to go online and, and start researching it uh as a good producer does and um and then so here we are and and it didn't take long you know once that decision was made everything was put on the market 
we started looking hard for uh, where this farm is going to be, uh, this field of dreams. Where is it going to be? And uh, and here we are, almost almost three years later. Are we talking like from 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 the wine and decision making? Are we talking a week? Are we talking a month? Like what are we talking? It was about about six to eight months. Okay. Yeah, no, that is super um, quick. That is still super quick, especially quick. for that kind of a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, and and moving to Hawaii is is you know quite an effort because you, everything goes on a cargo ship and in a container, sure. um, and you're paring down your your belongings to fit in the container, and so it was it was about uh, six months. We moved in June of uh, 2021. Okay. So, yeah. So once you finally made the decision and then it actually happened, so you're, you're there, you've made the decision and, and everything's done. Do you have a moment where you go, Oh my God, what did we do? Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> you still All do. The time. But that's kind of the thrill of it, you know? <laughs> yes. You yes. Just, Whoa. You know, a little sweat and it's like, Oh my gosh. And then no, we're okay. Yeah. 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 There's like, there's a range of it. So there are times when you're, when you're out in the field, which he's out in the field a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm out less because I run the business side, but uh -huh. and you're just standing and you're looking going, wow, this is incredible. And then there are other times when you're, when you're maybe worried about your crop or worried about learning something new when you're like, oh, what did we do? You know, so no. I mean, it's, it's this, it's in a, a good way. In it's a, a roller coaster. Way. It's a roller coaster. <clears throat> and I think we were, we were both up for that. We're like, okay, this is crazy. We admit <laughs> this is crazy, but let's go for it. Let's go for it. When people um, hear about what you're doing and they, it's such a big change that they, they either completely try to talk you out of it. Like, what are you doing? Or they think, that there's something more serious going on. Like they're, they're like, Oh, they, they must be sick or <laughs> something <laughs> terrible must be going on because why else would you do this? So out of the norm thing, which I now hindsight, I'm like, well, that's what makes it so great is that it isn't the norm. It isn't what everybody else would do. Uh, I tend to believe that most people wish they would make decisions like that, even though it's so scary. But did you have that where people in your life, we're just like, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this. Yeah, there were some. Oh, I, no one said expressed you shouldn't do this. Uh -huh. but there were those who were in the side that said, wow, that is incredible. You know, so bold, brave, good for you guys. And then there were those who go, wow, that was it. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> and right. and for, right. okay, you can you know where they are. Yeah. Uh, but those who know us. Um, know that we have taken, you know, some bold steps here and there, and uh, we call it the Steve and Joni show. And when we, when we make the uh, the decision to do something, we don't mess around. It we, the ship turns quickly. Hey, well, it's that time of year again, and we can't wait to tell you about our very favorite soy candles from Southern Oak Artisan. Yes, they're a trusted sponsor of the episode, have been for a while, but we love their products. They are 100% natural soy candles. 
one of the things that we love any time of year, but especially in the cozy season, are our candles all around the house. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, and you're right, all, all times of year. In fact, in, in the summertime, sometimes we hate that we don't feel we can light them because it's just too warm. But man, it takes a lot not to light those candles. Yeah. Up. And these candles are made with non-toxic ingredients and mm -hmm. it just, which makes for a safe and enjoyable breathing around the house. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. They have pumpkin scents this time of year, apple, there's some seasonal things for the fall and the winter. And it, they are non-toxic, like Jerry said, they're not overpowering scents, they're clean. And they come in these little jars that once you burn it, by the way, soy burns clean. So you can reuse the jars for, I don't know, you can uh, put some seedlings in there, you can put um, your some earrings and jewelry in there, whatever you want to mm -hmm. do, storage in the kitchen. It's just really nice. Oh, and they look good anywhere. They would look good anywhere in your house, whatever they're doing. Yeah. Uh, super nice. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to take advantage of a discount that Southern Oak Artisan is extending to you, go to arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan, or you can make sure that you go to our show notes where it will be linked there. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, and it's full steam ahead. So uh, yeah, so we had both the uh, reactions. Sure. So you have to learn an entire coffee business and you, you know, not even the business, but the farming of it. How did you do that? I mean, you bought this land and, and then did you, you say, okay, we're going to, we're just going to Google it. Or was it like, you're going to learn from the locals or how did that learning process work? YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, really all of the above. I mean, um, you, the, the farming community here is super supportive. Um, and so we had, you know, we reached out and we had people stepping in to help and give us advice. Um, and then you're kind of learning your farm specifically, you know, at our elevation with our kind of trees, with our kind of uh, microclimate, you know, you, you learn what, what are the best practices for your particular farm. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, just uh, picking up information from here, there, and everywhere. Uh, well, the night that we decided, uh, you know, okay, we're both on, on board with this and we're going to go. Yeah, I went online and just started researching stuff, you know, like, you know, what does a coffee tree need and, and all that kind right. of thing. And uh, so, yeah, the learning curve was straight up going crazy and uh, now it's starting to bend a little bit I, i'm feeling comfortable joni's feeling comfortable um more more so uh i i, I look at it as uh, we now know what we don't know while sure. before we had no idea and we yeah. knew that we had no idea what we're going into uh, and then with the like joni said the help of uh some of the key people that we met who've been instrumental in, in uh, all the aspects of it. Uh, and we lean on them, we stand on their shoulders. Um, it's, uh, we're, we're figuring it out, but we were, that was, that's part of the adventures, figuring it out, you know, that's something right. new and, uh, and not retiring. <laughs> right. I feel like so much uh, a part of our life and probably yours too, like you just said is, is literally saying and thinking, well, I'm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I'm just going to figure it out. You know, I think yeah. that, that that is the exciting part. How long did it take before your 
I don't know if you, you say it's fruitful before you had, you were successful in growing. How, how did, how long was that? Well, the farm existed. So okay. it, the trees were the, there, there was, um, th there's a farmhouse, there's a, a barn. He had the farmer that we bought the farm from had certain amount of, of equipment. Our initial focus was on improving kind of capital improvements. So, you know, bringing in a, a proper tractor and some of the equipment needed like a fertilizer spreader, a chipper, th those kind of equipment that would assist the mechanized farm work and, and, and make it doable with a very small one person, basically him, my, my son worked a little bit. I worked a little bit, but mostly it's Steve doing it. So he needed the, the equipment to be able to do that. So that right. was really like the first year we were really focused on that. And then, you know, take tending to the trees, really giving them a, an uplift and, and improving the health of the trees and the farm. And so I, I think he, uh, Steve feels like this, re, this harvest is really the first representation of his farming efforts. Right. So the cherry on the trees is looking really healthy. We're still in the middle of harvest right now. Okay. So, so far, the yield is looking very strong. We won't know for sure until sometime late March, probably. You know, so the, those first few years were very much about infrastructure and improving the, the health of the orchard. And you said that the you learn from other farmers. So I'm assuming there's just, it's sort of like there's no scarcity mentality, like, oh my gosh, I can't help them because I need to save my own farm. Like it's sort of like spread the, spread the knowledge, spread the, the wealth. I mean, is that kind of the mon mindset? Everybody's fine with helping? Yeah, it, it spread the knowledge, you know, no one has time <laughs> to come out. I mean, if you're in dire straits and you're, you, there's a problem, people will come okay. and, uh, to help you out. But for the most part, everyone's out in their field yeah. working pretty hard, you know, sun up to yeah. sun down, you know, especially during the harvest and everything. But, okay. um, but information uh, is easily passed along and you have to decide for that information because everyone has different information. Mm -hmm. so everyone has their own take on how how, what works best for their farm. And uh, you, you often hear, you know, always do or <laughs> never do. Yeah. And then you have to go, okay, well, he always and the other guy never. And what's good for me? And right. so that's where you got to just kind of put in your, your feeling uh, about it, knowing your elevation, like Joni was saying, elevation and climate, microclimate and all that. What do you think is going to work well? take that bold step and move forward. At what point did you, when the business is going well and, and you think you, you've got the hang of it, at what point did you start the Care in Every Cup program? And then can you tell us more about it? Yeah, so we started that right from the beginning. We knew oh. we wanted that to be a part of the business. We've always had a give back component in every every adventure we've had or business that we've done. The first thing was identifying a partner. We wanted a local, a big island um, nonprofit partner. Mm -hmm. And we connected with a big island organization called the Kohala Center. And they focus very much on um, environmental advocacy, 
protection, uh, education, uh, and our particular area of focus is a coral reef on the on the west side of the island um, mm -hmm. called Kahalu'u Bay. Um, and so our our give back component goes directly to their programs. What's unique about this particular bay that they focused on, it's a small bay, but it, it gets impacted uh, greatly by the number of people who come. And what they've been able to do is quite remarkable. From this little bay, they've become uh, able to, they've uh, set this model for other places around the world for reef restoration preservation. Uh, from the mineral sunscreen, only using that, other sunscreens will actually kill uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the coral, to teaching people not to stand on the coral, you know, you're, you're you're killing the little uh, creatures in there mm -hmm. um, and setting up a way uh, that you can enjoy the snorkeling, in, but without having a big impact. And I think they're navigating those waters beautifully and it's becoming this model that other places around the world are taking, uh, larger places. The last time we visited, which I think maybe last summer, we visited the Keys, the Florida Keys, they had a program similar. It was almost like a, we're, I can't remember the certification, but different businesses would be very excited to promote that they're a part of this program that helps support the reefs by, you, if you're participating in their activities, you can't wear certain sunscreens because they were harmful. But we also saw, and I'm wondering if it comes from there, that there's a lab type place there on the Keys where they're making like man-made coral that I guess somehow helps that situation. Did that start in Hawaii? Do you know? Have you heard of that? I don't know, but they do have um, a lab that's uh, recreating or regrowing. Could be recreating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting. Here, here on, on island. And so, yeah, um, yeah huh. that's a big part of it, restoring the damaged coral. It's a cozy season and a good night's sleep is always essential. Oh gosh, you know, we always talk about when the change of the season happens, you really have to make sure that you're getting some good sleep. You know, if you if you don't get good sleep and then the days are shorter and it can be kind of gloomy, oh, you're just setting yourself up for a, a really bad day, <laughs> right? <laughs> you are, you are. So transform your bed into a safe and refreshing haven. Mm -hmm. With know? cozy earth, bamboo sheets. We love our cozy earth sheets. I mean, we love them all, all times of year, not just during the cozy season. You know, it's just a sustainable and eco-friendly bedding. We just love it. I, and there's no going back to your old sheets once you've used cozy earth. There's mm -mm. no going back to cotton or denim or whatever your old sheets were made of. That's right. And you know who also loves cozy earth? Well, I think many of our listeners might be able to guess. Lady O. Oprah. <laughs> when Oprah says that something is a good product, we really just should have stopped it. We should have just stopped and we should have just said, Oprah loves cozy earth. And that's it. <laughs> you get cozy earth sheets. You get cozy earth sheets. <laughs> yep. Well, I tell you what, you get, you get 40% off of your cozy earth purchase when you go to arneradventures.com slash cozy earth and you can use our link in our code to save it's the biggest discount you're ever going to get on cozy earth we promise i would think so it's unbeatable 40 percent 
um, you know, Cozy Earth's own sales can't compare to these savings. They so, definitely can. Yeah. So head on over there and have a better night's sleep. They're, they're taking bits of it, you know, uh, back to the lab, letting it recover, putting it back. And then in Florida, they're doing a lot of research in in uh, acclimating coral to a higher water temperature, which mm, yeah. the past year has been a devastating thing down yeah. there. The water temperatures were up in the hundred degrees, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so I think all these coral restoration uh, labs and, and uh, restoration projects, you know, they're keeping in mind the climate change and the rise in temperature in the oceans. And it's getting these corals to acclimate slowly, slower, so mm -hmm. they will survive rather than just, you know, overheat and die. With our Care in Every Cup program, that came along at the same time that we launched our website. So we arrived in the end of June. And then my focus was very much on building an e-commerce website so that we could sell our coffee right from the farm uh, to people on the mainland. Um, and so as part of creating the website, I wanted Care in Every Cup to be launched at that same time so that we had our nonprofit partner in place. We had the program and, and how the give back component would work so that when people visited our site for the first time, they would see, oh, wow, really cool. You can buy Kona coffee and you're giving back to help support reef preservation. Everything that somebody buys from Kona Earth, a piece of that goes towards the nonprofit, which is the reef restoration. They take a little break uh, from that when Maui, the fires in Maui happened. Mm -hmm. And so we were giving back to that effort um, through the sales of our, our products. But now things are kind of going in a positive direction for Maui. And so we're back with uh, the reef restoration. Before you made this big transition in your lifestyle, were you guys still um, sustainably minded were you, or did the transition of your lifestyle shift to that as well? Like about, about giving back to the reef restoration and were those things that you were interested in before you made this transition? Yeah, we, we always were. Uh, so in the video business, we always would look every year uh, to some nonprofit that needed uh, help from us. Mm -hmm. And what we could give uh, more than, you know, money was a, a video that would help promote their cause. Right. And so we would use our talents and our skills to create a story that they could use to, to promote themselves further. So, you know, they assist with their fundraising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you can give the man a fish or you can teach the man to, to go fishing with <laughs> yeah. kind of that analogy, you know, give them yeah. something that they can use to go themselves and, uh, and promote themselves. I, I think a lot of people think that they can't, you know, oh, I don't have uh, the money or resources to be able to help this nonprofit, but, but we're always like, okay, but what skills do you have? Like, it, you know, is it that you, pick people up and take them where they need to go? Or is it, you know, you have a car and other people don't have cars or is it, is it filmmaking? Is it production? So I love that you brought that up because so many people I think want to help something that they're passionate about, whether it's 
social justice or, you know, the environment and they think, well, I don't have any money. I can't make a difference. But that is a great situation where, yes, you you can help these people make such a big difference. And it, it is, you know, time is money. The production is money. But I love that you talked about that. That's what, what you were doing to really help them, too, especially you, and you continue it now with Kona Earth that you are still able to take something and then take a piece of it and then put it towards something to make us a big difference. Even the smaller things make difference. But overall, what you've done is so big. And and it's it is true, you know, only part of of what we think of with care in every cup is an actual monetary contribution where we're writing a check. The rest of it is is supporting their efforts. So if they need a product to thank their volunteers, you know, we'll put together little care packages with the coffee and and then we also, you know, give product for um, other organizations, even on the mainland that use like the, a coffee giveaway, you know, and, and somebody wins coffee or they bid on coffee for, you know, online auctions and stuff. So that's another small way we can contribute. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll send you guys some coffee. You can auction it and then the funds will go to support your efforts. Um, every little bit helps. You know? and, and awareness, you know, helping to, yes. because a big part of their push is awareness, public awareness, getting people to really recognize what's going on and how people who visit can make a positive or negative impact. And that message, uh, you know, has to be spread you know, and it seems to be more word of mouth right now, but uh, it, it, you know, should take off on a bigger scale. And one thing I want to say about the um, uh, volunteer aspect is it's interesting, you know, there's people who are out there and I was one uh, where uh, I wanted to volunteer, didn't really know if I had the bandwidth to do it. Uh, but once you jump in to that first volunteer effort, whether you're going down and actually physically doing something, uh, you realize at that point, well, my bandwidth actually is larger and I can volunteer. And once you do that first project, you will probably do more and more and you will, uh, and the rewards you get are, are more <laughs> for yourself than for what you're doing. So it's this this wonderful thing that takes place, but you got to take that first step and just give it a shot and uh, and you'll discover that you can do more than you thought you could. There's so many organizations that um, that need help, need volunteering. And then but other people say, but I, I don't I can't give that much time. So it can't make a difference. And they would take anything. They would take any hours, one hour a week. They would take it. But I agree with you. Once you once you do start, then it's like, OK, yeah, I can carve out time because you know, whether I'm doom scrolling or whatever it is, I could use that time to go and volunteer for something that I'm passionate about. So I completely agree with you with that. It does become, I think you become more passionate about it once you, you have lack of a better word, skin in the game. It's like, once you're in it, then you feel like it makes a bigger difference and that what you do makes a bigger difference. Yeah. And uh, we have farm tours. So uh, we do private farm tours. And when, when the tourists come, we have th this organization, they have a flyer that is informative about the importance of mineral sunscreen and, and etiquette for enjoying the reefs and so forth. And we have those right in our little farm store. And so, you know, it's a way and they'll ask, you know, so what is Care in Every Cup? And so it's an opportunity for us to share their 
their messaging and in a very personal, you know, one-to-one, one-on-one environment. You bought the, the land, the farmland. Were some of the changes you had to make uh, making it more sustainable or was it sort of all, always like that? I, I'm making it a little more sustainable. Um, in a, you know, right now it's in a small way. Um, I'm still getting my feet kind of under me yeah. uh, in the farming thing. But uh, for example, uh, when you pulp, you know, you're pulping tens of thousands of pounds of uh, coffee cherry and there's that skin, you know, that oftentimes just gets discarded. Uh, some people will make a tea out of it, um, but a lot of uh, farmers will just throw it away. Uh, I'm trying to compost it and then put it back into the into uh, the farm after a period of time. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to minimize certain chemical products, you know, I'm, uh, and try and just by the fact of uh, mowing a lot, you can get nutrients back into uh, the soil. Uh, so I'm trying a variety of things uh, right. to be as sustainable as I can while still getting the farm to grow. What is the, What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned since making this whole transition, whether it's moving to Hawaii, whether it's the farm? Like, has there been just one thing that you're like, oh, wow, I, I wouldn't have known that before other than just the coffee business? Well, for me, I think, uh, you know, because when I met Steve, we were both in production. And so we came along together and we had a business together and it was always production. So it's been really fascinating for me to watch him embrace this whole new life and do it so well he he not just so thoughtfully and carefully and the way he interacts with the with the workers and the other farmers and then he he's the main guy who runs the tour and i'm just sitting back there and he just speaks so eloquently about coffee farming like he's been doing it his whole life and i'm like wow that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so that's really fun to see your partner through a new lens. Because you would have never seen that before in the other business. Wow. So that's been for me a kind of an aha and, and fun, fun new way of, of um, experiencing our partnership. What about you, Steve? Do you have a moment or something that you've, that has been a moment like that for you? Um, not so much, but just a reaffirming um, that you can do a lot, you know, uh, as people say, oh, you can do anything. Well, you know, it, it's taking that first step, just like volunteering. You got to take that first step. And uh, the analogy for me is, uh, is kind of like rock climbing. If ever, anyone's done rock climbing, you're only looking at your next few holds. Yeah. You know, and you, if you look at the whole rock, the whole thousand feet climb, you're going to get overwhelmed. Yeah. And so just look at the first few steps that you got to go and you will make your way. What's been kind of cool for me is everything that I've done in my life is kind of coming together in farming, which which was a surprise for me uh, a little bit. All the different things that I've done, I'm grabbing pieces of those and and incorporating it into this massive effort of farming uh, the 30 acres <laughs> uh, oh. of 
coffee and cacao. Do you in the mornings drink your own coffee? Oh yeah. Yeah. Would you ever <laughs> drink someone else's coffee now? Not no. anymore. We're going to get your fast five questions. Is it this or that sort of tailored for you? It's just a, a fun way to get to know you guys a little bit better. Uh, I am curious if you're both going to agree on the same answers or not. <laughs> okay. So number one is iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Hot coffee. Uh, number two, hiking or relaxing in a hammock? Hiking. Hiking. Number three, ocean breezes and the scent that comes from that or coffee aromas? Ooh. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I would say the, the, the coffee orchard during, um, they call it Kona snow. And it's when the blossoms are all out and they're the little white blossoms all over the orchard. And it smells so sweet. And it, it's kind of a cross between like an orange blossom and a jasmine. Oh. And so that particular scent. You kind of get it all because you do get ocean breeze. You get the flowers. That's true. And that's then somebody's roasting coffee nearby. It's and true. So, so it's all at the same time. And it's pretty amazing. That's when I got to stop the tractor and just sit and smell <laughs> and listen. It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh. I can't believe what I'm smelling and seeing. That's probably one of those moments, too, that you go, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're yeah. here, you know? Oh, gosh, that's so great. Okay, so <laughs> number four, beach sunrise or coffee field sunrise? Is it the same? For sunrise, I would say coffee field sunrise. Okay. And for sunset, probably ocean sunset. Yep. Okay. Like, can you ha can you see the farm and the, the ocean? Yeah, yeah. From from the lanai, you, you can see, you can see the. We're looking ocean. west. Okay. Yeah. So we're at twenty two hundred feet. So we're at okay. elevation. Okay. Um, but it's you can see it out there. So you kind of get both. But yeah. So the sky really turns a beautiful color at sunset. Yeah. What well, a terrible situation you guys are in. <laughs> Number five, we do like to ask everybody this question because Jerry thinks it's a great way to get to know people is ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Mm. What kind of mustard? <laughs> That's what Jerry would say. What kind of mustard? <laughs> um, I, and I'm always like, well, no, it's like a, it's yellow mustard. But but a lot of people yellow. say, well, no, it's mustard, but I like a spicy brown or I like Dijon. Or... <laughs> That's he doesn't like yellow mustard. I would probably have to go, yeah, ketchup because you can a lot more ketchup than you can in the mustard. That's true. Ketchup can be by itself. Mustard is hard to dip your French fries in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, the question that we really do ask everyone, and we think it's just a beautiful question, and we love to know the answer, and you can either answer it separately or, or cohesively, is what does a life well lived mean to you? For me, for me, it's um, I like to be challenged. I, I like to learn new things. Um and I like to take risks. I love to do it with my best friend. That's sweet. And she said you? it all. Yeah, diversity <laughs> and, and doing it together. I feel like so many people make big transitions and yeah, you learn along the way, but I, rarely do I encounter stories of someone making a, trans, a transition and, and kind of learning the new routines and day-to-day -day of a new lifestyle, but then a whole new, <laughs> business industry, like way of life. I mean, it's so impressive. And I, 
I just love it. I mean, I think the the biggest thing that we can do in life is continuously learn. And so I love that you guys have taken on a big learning experience. And I'm so excited that you've been successful and that you're able to give back and help people too. Yeah. And it's not just taking this, this turn. It's uh, we're all in, you know, so it has to work or else yeah. we're in, we're in big doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if you guys could share with our audience and we're going to link it all down the show notes, how they can find you. Can anyone buy your coffee? We talked about that, but how do they go about doing that? And if they're passionate about helping you with your program of giving back? Um, yes. Anyone can order our coffee directly from us. It's KonaEarth.com, And uh, we, we grow and nurture the coffee from crop to cup, as they say. And uh, we micro batch roast it on site and we ship it right from the farm to your doorstep. So it's very much a farm direct experience. And you'll you can see all all more information about the farm and the Karen Every Cup give back program um, all right there at KonaEarth.com. And it's not just coffee. There's a oh, yeah. lot of other things, too. Like we have uh, about three acres of cacao. And so we grow and make our own chocolate. It's a 75% dark chocolate that is, I, I'm biased, but it's, I gotta say, it is the best chocolate I've ever tasted in my life. You know, really it, it, so we do the chocolate. Okay. We also make a coffee, a Kona coffee, a rub for barbecue, which is, we've developed over the last year. and. It's pretty gosh darn good. You know, we put it on everything. You know, it's it's a barbecue rub. And then we have uh, coffee soap. That's a, a, a scrub soap. And uh, what else do we have? We have and a, then a, a bunch, bunch of, of other a different gift sets and things. So, you know, for coffee lovers, there's there's Kona coffee, Kona coffee and chocolate um, accessories. You know, we have a whole range of gift items. So. It's, it's very popular at Christmas time. And so, which is perfect. And so all of that is, is accessible on the website. Yep. Yep. Okay. And our whole story and, and all that. Yeah. And I think there's some video we have, you know, as video people, of course, we had to make some videos yeah. and uh, there's one in particular that uh, I think a lot of people will like about our dog, Tickle <laughs> the Farm Dog, because uh, every morning it's the same routine he's asleep i wake up and it's like okay you're ready to go to the farm we get in the van and he's out the window and then he just runs all day long and comes back and crashes so i documented the day in the life of tickle the farm dog don't miss it well we're gonna link straight to that too we'll, we'll link the video separately too because we love that well thank you so much this has been so inspirational. I knew it would be. And I just love, love, love your story. And I can't wait to keep following and seeing how much more successful you are. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you. This has been great. It's really been fun. great. Thanks for including <laughs> us in the whole podcast and everything. Yeah, of course. Well, that was oh, oh, so enjoyable. They were uh, just a charming, a charming couple and their story was like nothing else. Right? Yeah. I um, mean, to give to change a course in your life is one thing, but to, you know, we, we think what we did was pretty drastic, like mm -hmm. sell all of our stuff, our house, our business, everything, and then move to the coast. But we did not take on a completely 
I mean, it's not even a different like career. It is, it's like an industry, an industry that they've never been in before with coffee farming. I just think it's amazing. Well, and, and also it, it's an industry that you probably wouldn't, wouldn't know anybody who's been in, involved with. It's, it's not like when I, I say, um, you know, there, there, there's something, uh, um, uh, going on with the, uh, the sink. Do we know a plumber? It's, uh, it's it, it's not like you'd say, honey, you know, coffee farming. Do you know anybody in the in the industry? No, you wouldn't know no. anybody. So what do they do? They turn to the YouTube. <laughs> right. And, yeah, I knew you'd love that. Oh yeah, you gotta love that. So, um, yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm just assuming they didn't know anybody or had never heard no. of anybody that was in coffee farming, and they went went to YouTube and they learned a little something for themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and are still learning. Yeah. I loved at the end with their life well lived was just, you know, all about challenging themselves and continuous, continuously learning and giving back. I mean, what more can you ask for? No, I know that's great. And the, the donation they make, uh, which is really neat. The, and, and I can't think of the, the title of that now, the Care in Every Cup, the, yeah. that initiative. That, that's really neat. And, uh, yeah, just the way they set it all up was, yeah, yeah. It's really inspiring. Well, you know, since we're here in the holiday season, like they talked about, if you are looking for a sustainable gift, one that is um, a consumable, how wonderful would their gift be to buy some coffee or some of their chocolate or that soap, any of the things from their gift shop for someone? I mean, that's a unique and wonderful gift for someone, and you'd be really supporting a great initiative with the Care in Every Cup helping the coral reef. Oh yeah, you sure would, and and I, that's a a great seasonal gift too. I think for this time of year. So yeah, yeah. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today, or any episode, our guests, or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arneradventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida uh, Dos vidiniana.